The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso, your host for Born to be Breastfed. Thank you so much for joining me this evening or this afternoon, as it may be, depending on what time zone you're in. I'm so happy to be with you today, partly because you know that I just love talking about anything that is breastfeeding related, but also because this is a topic that I have been pursuing since probably when I was in graduate school or even earlier than that. And graduate school has been so long ago that I can't wear the same clothes and don't look, don't have the same hair color as I did when I was in graduate school. So it's been a while. Here's the topic that I'm going to talk about tonight, and it's along the lines of collecting and storing your milk. I get tons and tons and tons of questions on this, And it seems to me that no matter how well-informed someone is, uh, they're still really confused about it, partly because they don't always get the same information from the professionals who actually may know the information. But there's just so many factors swirling around. Let me try to defend the professionals and help you if you're a mother out there just trying to figure out what is the real deal with this. Okay, let me start at the beginning. I think that the idea of expressing milk either by hand or with a pump, well, we know that it's been done for thousands of years, but it didn't really come into the scientific literature until... As far as I know, about the 1970s or so, and at the time, we had very few studies. Um, I'm thinking really the one that was kind of groundbreaking was Liebhaber's study, which I believe it was 1979. And at that time, we were only thinking in terms of how long can the milk last and be safe. And so the only thing that was on anybody's mind was safe. Well, We have matured in our thinking, and now we understand that, first of all, safe is really just one of the many, many questions that are involved in how do you store mother's milk in a way that is optimal? And by the way, you're going to get to the end of the show, and you're going to hear that I'm going to tell you we still don't have all the answers, but I do have some very specific step-by-step instructions and some criteria to help you to sort it out for yourself. So anyway, we kind of move from the whole idea of what is safe to the idea of 
What part of the milk is affected, if any, and is that for the better or the worse or, or what? And then we began to see that there were a lot of things to consider. For instance, not just whether or not bacteria was destroyed by heat, not just whether or not uh, something like lactoferrin was uh, destroyed or preserved, as the case may be, by temperature or storage length of time, but rather we started looking at things like, what about antioxidants? Oh, now see, there's an antioxidant is not even a vitamin or a mineral, okay? Antioxidant is something that uh, attacks those free radicals that we've all heard about. So anyway, this is why, or at least part of why, you may feel confused. You may feel like you're getting differing information from different people. And that's because it all depends on what they're looking at or for. So truly, I can tell you, I don't think that a week goes by that I don't get questions from either mothers or professionals about what is the real deal with collecting and storing milk, and particularly about containers. So I'm going to try to dive into all of that today. Um, Mothers usually will ask questions about storing their milk because they've had either a planned or an unplanned separation, and I'm assuming that that's your situation as well. Now, perhaps you're going back to work and you're thinking about, okay, I've got to store milk And I know that I'm going to be away from my baby. I can plan for that, but I'm going to get the milk, store it, put it in the freezer, etc. And it's better than formula. I want you to keep one thing in mind. It is always, always, always better than formula. And I want you to remember that as I talk this evening about how, yes, some of the components are affected. Yes, that's true. But by and large... Human milk is always better than formula. Now, here's the other thing that gets confusing to people. People get confused because there's this guideline for colostrum and there's this guideline for more mature milk. There's this guideline for the baby that's a full-term baby, this guideline for a baby that is a preterm baby. And then there are guidelines as related to hospitals because, for example, hospitals have to how should I say, they comply with certain rules and regulations, often from the state or the state health department, although it might be something different. So it's a little bit different for the baby that is in the hospital, even if that same baby goes home the same day, then we're a little less concerned because we don't have something to comply with. All right, the other thing is, how old is the baby? I might be a lot more careful about storage and length of storage and all of that for a baby that is preterm or compromised. If the baby is home, he's eight months old, he's been having this milk since I don't know when, then no, I'm not, I'm not as concerned about every little thing being exactly right. So by and large, what I'm going to talk with you today about is largely Babies that are full-term and healthy and they are at home, and I am presuming that you are that baby's mother and you've got probably a plan for either feeding that to the baby 
in the next couple of days, another caregiver is going to give it. You're going to maybe take the baby to daycare, which, by the way, I had two radio shows on daycare and a lot of those issues that erupt. Uh, Or it may be that you're going back to work and actually you're uh, just trying to keep up your supply. Kind of doesn't matter. What, What the real issue here is what kind of a container do you get? How long can you store the milk? And what effect, if any, does that have? Now, by the way, for some reason, this just popped into my mind, so I'm going to say it, which is there's this sort of myth going around that you must have 100, and I'm saying like 97, 98, 99, 100 ounces of milk stored in your freezer before you can go back to work. I don't believe in that at all, okay? I think that that's a lot of pressure for the mother, and I think that it's not a very useful directive, and I personally have never told a mother that, and I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to say if you're one of those that is real worried about having some milk in the freezer, yeah, I think it would be a good idea to get a few bottles ahead, but storing a hundred milli a uh, hundred ounces excuse me if I said milliliters I was wrong if you're thinking about a hundred uh, ounces before you go back to work I, I, I that that uh, it's just not something I would recommend but of course it's up to you it's your milk it's your baby it's your job so one of the things that I want you to keep in mind as I talk today is that mother's milk fresh is always best or as my husband would say, straight from the tap. All right, what do I mean by that? I mean that once you expose human milk, or really just about anything else, once you expose the the milk or other substances to extreme heat or extreme cold over a period of time, you are going to have food that does not have as much value either nutritional value or immunologic value, as it might have when it is fresh. Now think about this for just a minute. If it's a tomato and you put the tomato in the refrigerator, does it taste as good? No. If you leave it in the refrigerator for a long time, is it still okay to eat? Well, you know, it kind of depends on how long you leave it there, but... Has it lost some of its nutrients? Possibly. Look at the whole idea of eating vegetables from a can. If you're doing that, those vegetables are not as nutritious as if you went out in your garden, picked them this afternoon, and put them on your uh, dining room table shortly thereafter. And by the way, it's another reason why raw is always a better idea for things like vegetables because, of course, they have not been exposed to high heat. So I'm just kind of saying the same thing here, which is fresh is always best. Human milk is always absolutely, unquestionably better than formula, no matter what you expose it to. So the questions become, what situation is your baby in? And what makes sense for you? And really what I'm hoping that I can do to you, do for you today is to give you some evidence-based recommendations for the temperatures, the containers, and the needs of the baby and the overall situation. So 
when we come back on the other side of the break, I'm going to talk about some more specific guidelines for choosing a container. But in the meanwhile, I want you to get clear about what is a storage container, because after all, you express the milk, you've got to put it somewhere, right? All right. So what is a container? And of that, what is an appropriate container or what would be an inappropriate container? Well, let's take a look at that. There are commercially available storage containers that are designed to store your milk, and they're available in a ton of different sizes, made from different materials. Some share a general design, and yet most have some very specific features. A lot of those, by the way, are just personal preferences. Storage containers are usually bottles or bags. Uh, however, there are other items that serve as storage containers as well. I've seen those little, um, they're little colostrum holder things, and I don't know quite what to call them. I've also seen milk stored in a syringe. That's because there's a small amount of it, and it's really easy to do it that way. Uh, but I do want to mention that some items are simply not designed to store milk. For example, ice cube trays work extremely well, and I'll talk about that later as I talk about the idea of creating second helpings if the baby is hungrier than usual. Uh, but you could certainly use something like a mayonnaise jar. If it's clean, washed in the electric dishwasher, that would be fine. They're not exactly what you had in mind, but all of these things work. I do want to mention, though, that there are some things that are just totally inappropriate. At least here in the United States, plastic containers used for urine or other purposes should not be used for human milk storage or any kind of food storage. To my knowledge, you should only use containers that are FDA approved as food grade plastic containers that should be used to store food, and that includes the mother's milk. So on the other side of the break, I'm going to talk a little bit more about specific kinds of containers. Don't go away. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. We'll be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, Come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. 
Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. I'm Marie Biancuso. Thank you so much for joining me here on Born to be Breastfed. We are here every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. This is also available as a podcast. And I'd just like to remind you, just in case you zoned out while the commercial came on, I'm going to repeat what was said on the commercial, which is, feel free to call in. I will be taking questions at half past the hour, and that phone number to call is 866-472-5792. I'll be taking questions only about containers, storage, and that sort of thing. Not every breastfeeding issue you've ever had in the past week. All right. So true to my word, I'm going to dive into this a little bit more with picking out the container. One of the things that I would recommend that you do is really think about the exact situation that you are in. Do you have a little baby, a big baby, a baby that eats a lot, eats a little? What's your situation? Because that is going to be a clue as to the size container that you want to pick. Now, ideally, the size of the container should be more or less equivalent to the amount that the baby is likely to consume at one feeding. Pretty much, you should know your baby, and that's what you want to pick. Now, I will give you, and this is really, really, like, it's, it's not necessarily your baby, but I think these are pretty good guidelines to which I am indebted to my good friend, Debbie Bocar in Oklahoma City. She came up with a little table years ago, and I have found it extremely useful. I use it in my uh, when I teach my comprehensive lactation course to people who want to become lactation consultants, and I will now give it to you as well. And thank you, Debbie, for arming me with this wonderful thing that I've been passing on to just about everybody for many years. If your baby weighs six to eight pounds, he's probably going to take about two ounces per feeding. Now, I don't mean the first day or so, but by the time you get home, two ounces or so. If your baby weighs nine to 12 pounds, he or she will probably be taking about three ounces per feeding. 
if your baby weighs 13 to 15 pounds, she'll probably take about four ounces per feeding. And if she weighs more than 15 pounds, she's going to be taking more than five ounces at a feeding. So if I were you and I was trying to choose what container I might be using, I would be using one that would store the amount that would be appropriate for the baby. All right. This next one is huge. It's loaded. And if we get an opportunity, I can talk about it later in the show. But on the other hand, if I get questions, I might not get this far. So I'm just going to gloss over this business about the material. Because I get this question all the time, which is better, glass or plastic, plastic or glass? Well, there are pros and cons to each one. To some degree, I think it's a matter of personal preference. If you look at the research studies, you will see that there are some advantages to both and some disadvantages to both. So therefore, I think you got to think about personal preference. One of the things that would jump out to me, for example, is that glass is heavier and is more likely to, to chip. Uh not so much so with the plastic. But if you're not carrying around, you probably don't care. Okay, what's the general design? In general, storage containers are either hard or soft. And what do I mean by that one? Hard is usually what I would call pretty much a bottle. And the hard ones are generally fitted with, um, it depends. Sometimes they're fitted with a top that you screw on, so a screw-on type top. Some have a flip lid that is you kind of, I'm doing this with my thumb as I'm talking to you, you kind of hold it and you flip it up and it it comes off that way. Um, The other thing is if you have a soft container, and there I'm talking about a bag, those usually will have some sort of a, like a Ziploc or a twist tie. Now, let me be quick to say that I have spent my entire life and career in the United States. You may have something different where you live, but pretty much this is what I have seen and what I've seen on the Internet and so forth. So I think it's a fair guess to say that for most of you, this is probably how it's going to work. Does it matter? Um, No, probably not. If you have one that has a screw top, it might well be because that fits into your pump apparatus. If you have one that has a flip top, you might not like it. I have found that mothers will tell me that it's very difficult to get that flip top to actually flip up. Well, I actually like that feature. That tells me that it's secure. It tells me that it is less likely to be having bacteria creep into it. So I think that the fact that it's kind of tight and taut is actually a good thing. I do want to tell you, however, you should not, repeat, you should not store your milk in the refrigerator or the freezer with a nipple, you know what I mean, a rubber or a latex nipple on top of the container. Why so? Well, because it's not... It's not a closed system, all right? Whereas if you have the uh, regular uh, screw top or you have the flip top, that's going to give you pretty much, maybe not entirely airtight, but nearly airtight 
certainly more certainly more airtight than the the rubber nipple okay all right so there are also some very specific features that differentiate one container from another some will attach directly to the pump apparatus some can be filled while they're uh, upright and some mothers like to do that you may like to do that or you might not care if it's upright or not some mothers feel very strongly that they want the container to be a a soft bag that will be flat when they put it in the freezer other mothers say they don't care now be careful when you're picking these out because for some they can be flat in the freezer, but they don't necessarily stand up for collection or vice versa. There are some, however, that will be reasonably decent to stand up for collection, and you can also put them flat in the freezer. So this doesn't really have anything to do with its safety. It's just a matter of personal preference. What does your freezer look like? How do you want to store these? What's comfortable for you? What makes sense? Uh, it's it's definitely not a matter of safety if you're looking for that. So I'm going to give you then a few guidelines for storing uh, the the actual milk. When we come back, I'm going to give you some step-by-step procedural things for how to actually collect and store the milk. But right now, I'm going to give you just some guidelines for how to choose this container in more depth than what I just did. So first of all, pick out the anticipated volume. That is, choose the container that holds the volume of milk needed for each feeding. And this would be a time when I want to back up and talk about the baby that has second helpings, all right? So let's say that your baby usually takes four ounces, but today, maybe the baby is extra hungry. And if so, well, you don't really want to open another whole container, but you know the baby wants some more to eat. If you freeze some of your milk in, I think a really cool thing is an ice cube tray. I would buy a good quality plastic ice cube tray, and then I would also get a Ziploc bag that is big enough to slide the whole tray into the Ziploc. And by the way, the gallon might not do it for you. In fact, it probably doesn't, but you can check it out. All right, and this is what I mean. You can put the milk in each cube is about one ounce. So if the baby is extra hungry, you can thaw just that little chunk rather than opening up another whole container. Now, some people have said to me, is it really okay? Like I heard that, you know, the AAP or this one or that one forbids the, the, no, there is nobody that I am aware of that forbids using the ice cube tray. And if there were somebody that forbid that, trust me, I would know. But as of today, not a problem. The only caution I would give and why I want to encourage you to put it into the the uh, the zipped plastic container is that it can pick up some smells from the freezer, which your baby might like or might object to. So if you put it inside of the plastic and seal it well, then it's not as likely to pick up the container, the, the smell. But it's not it's not a safety issue. 
All right, next thing is look at the status of the baby. When you're storing milk for a full-term healthy baby, you don't have to worry too much about how the storage will affect the components or the safety of the milk. General guidelines and some common sense should suffice. Now, if the baby is, is premature or ill, I'm not really going to go into that today, but I do want to tell you that you're much more concerned about the actual components of the milk. For instance, the live cells, the fat, because the premature baby really needs every little calorie that he can get, the vitamins as well. And by the way, uh, vitamins, whether it's for a term baby or a preterm baby, the vitamins kind of are the first thing to break down, at least the water-soluble vitamins, things like vitamin C, Alrighty. So is that a big hairy deal? Well, if you've got a term baby, probably not. And especially if you're nursing him at the times when uh, you're with him, it's probably not a big hairy deal at all. But I just want to warn you that that is one of the one of the issues. And finally, the setting. Again, if the milk is in your house, it's under your watchful eye, you don't have to worry about anything else and all of the things that I talked about with daycare, that really gives you a little bit uh, more reassurance, I guess. Uh, The heft and durability of the container are likely to be factors in determining what's best for your particular setting. And finally, milk that's stored in the mother's personal office refrigerator is under the watchful eye of the mother, but I do want to tell you that it is okay to store your milk in the employee refrigerator if you want to refrigerate it, which is another whole story. So don't go away. I'll be talking to you about that when we come back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Nuru Pocket is a newborn carrier specifically designed for skin to skin contact, affording mom full coverage and hands free mobility while giving the physiological benefits of kangaroo care. Our unique fabric is super soft, breathable, moisture wicking, and it offers just the right amount of compression fit to ensure proper position and continued support. Hospitals and NICUs are implementing the new Roo Pocket for inpatient use to increase time spent skin to skin, as well as help improve breastfeeding scores and infant safety. Learn more at newroobaby.com. That's N-U-R-O-O-Baby.com. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. 
Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso with Born to be Breastfed and the Voice America health and wellness channel. Uh, welcome back, where we're talking about collecting and storing your milk. So as promised, I will talk to you now about the procedure for storing milk. First of all, check the temperature of the place where the milk is going to be stored. What do I mean by that? Well, the first thing I would be looking at would be room temperature. Why so? This is one of the best-kept secrets that I know of, which is your milk can be stored at room temperature for several hours. And I'm going to read you the recommendation from the um, um, uh, Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. And here it is. I'm on page 127 of the ABM Protocol on Human Milk Storage for uh, Home Use and Full-Term Infants. And here's what it says. Freshly expressed human milk may be stored safely at room temperature, to which they say that is uh, 10 to 29 degrees Celsius, 50 to 85 degrees Fahrenheit. All right? So that is an absolute possibility. They say three to four hours is optimal. Six to eight hours is acceptable under very clean conditions. So one of the things that I frequently talk to employed mothers about is, you know, if you want to refrigerate it, and that's not too difficult to do and fits with your life and your situation, that's fine. But for many people, they don't really need to... uh, refrigerate their milk and here's the other thing they've usually got plenty their baby is older so you know the six to eight hours i mean that is as as the abm says here that is acceptable okay refrigerator temperature what about refrigerator temperature well again i would kind of look and see 
what my refrigerator was, but generally it's less than four degrees Celsius or less than or equal to 39 degrees Fahrenheit is usually what is considered okay for storing the milk in the refrigerator. How long? Oh, brother, here we go. Well, I think that pretty much everybody on the planet agrees at least three days. So if you want to be conservative, you can use the three-day figure. I think that most authorities would say up to five days is okay. This is where it gets a little murkier. The Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine does say it's okay for up to eight days. I am a little hesitant about that, and I will tell you why. Because there's exactly one study in the last 30-plus years that I'm aware of that showed that eight days was okay. And the reason that's a little bit bothersome to me is that actually what they did in that study was that they put the milk in a refrigerator, they closed the door, and they didn't come back for eight days. Well... In the real world, I'm guessing that your toddler, or or better yet, your teenager, is opening the refrigerator door multiple times during the day. So I don't know that I don't like to give the eight days. On the other hand, if the mother had the milk in there eight days, I would keep my mouth shut. I would not tell her that it was a problem. And what's more is I personally would not throw away the milk. Why so? I think the mother is the one who always needs to decide. It's her milk, okay? And in this case, it's your milk. Okay, so what about the freezer? Well, generally, uh, less than 17 degrees Celsius, which is less than zero degrees Fahrenheit. And somebody's got to be sitting there saying, now, Marie, wait a minute. How am I going to know? I don't exactly have a thermometer. Okay, no problem. Is your ice cream hard? If your ice cream is hard, that's one of your best guides for knowing how long you can keep the milk. Uh, How long in the freezer? Well, don't know. I think, again, I'm going to go for what everybody on the planet seems to be okay with. Uh, I have never seen anybody quarrel with up to three months. So I wouldn't have any hesitation about that. I would say, however, that research does show that after about three months, what starts to happen is that the vitamin C breaks down. So I would probably try not to leave it too much longer than that. Now, notice what I'm saying. I'm not talking about safety, all right? I'm talking about a vitamin that is breaking down. Does your baby need vitamin C? Yes. But I am going on the assumption that you've also got him at breast and you are giving him fresh milk some or maybe most of the time. So I wouldn't sweat that too hard. And certainly in some situations, babies are just supplemented. Um, I can't recommend that because that is not... uh, I'm not authorized to do that. I'm, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a dietitian. But I guess I'm just saying, try not to worry about that too much. Um, Kind of interesting to see all of the things that are actually pretty much preserved 
even when the milk is frozen. I'll give you a little list here. Vitamin A, vitamin E, and the B vitamins, total protein, fat, enzymes, lactose, which is the primary carbohydrate that is in human milk, zinc, immunoglobulins, which of course are like the little antibodies, lysozyme, which is a protein that has uh, some antibacterial effects, and lactoferrin, and lactoferrin does a bunch of things that is, that's very protective. Let me just stop there. Okay, so those are some general guidelines, but I want to make sure that you know what the uh, Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine says about how long it can be stored. And I've got this right in front of me here. Uh, They do say put it towards the back of the freezer, and I would agree with that, and it should be well sealed. I think I addressed that earlier, but here's the part that I want you to, to know. I quote from the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, quote, there is no agreed upon definition of unsafe milk. And then they talk, talk, talk. And then they say, there are no studies that have investigated human milk quality after six to 12 months of freezing. I'll repeat that. There are no studies that have investigated human milk quality after six to 12 months of freezing, unquote. What does that mean? That means we don't really know, and it's probably probably fine. I certainly know of many, many mothers who have kept it well past that amount of time uh, without any issues, but, but we don't know. So they end here by, and this is a quote, because this is a widely accepted method of preserving human milk and because some babies' nutrition rely entirely on frozen human milk, studies should be done to confirm that this is nutritionally safe. Now, I want you to notice a piece that they say there, which is really related to um, the idea of whether or not this is the sole source of nutrition that the baby is getting or is the baby getting milk that is fresh. And I would presume that at least some of the time it would be fresh. Uh, I'm not going to talk about thawing today because I thought I, I talked a lot about that when Heather Townsend was my guest, and I'm thinking that had to have been about a year or two ago, about a year ago, I would think. Uh, I do want to mention, however, that in general, it's best if you can thaw the milk in the refrigerator overnight. Do not, repeat, do not put it in the microwave. Microwaving human milk means that there can be hot spots because of the uneven heat, but also it decreases the anti-infective quality, and that has been proven by two studies, Kwan's study and also Sigmund's study. So I I guess I just kind of want to let you know that uh, don't do it, okay? I do see people do it, but you should not be doing that. I also want to mention, because I get this question very often, what about taking it in one of those little like things that we use on a picnic? Uh, You know what I mean. They are chests that are um, thermal, and I'm not exactly sure what you call them. Uh, 
yikes, we have one of those and we have at least two of those thermal bags. Uh, Sheesh, I'm thinking we bought ours at Costco and it holds a lot. We have had it in the car with ice in it and the ice is still icy some 36 to 48 hours later. So I would have a lot of confidence in those. Uh, I do want to say, though, that in terms of the scientific evidence, eh, it's kind of weak. Basically, they've looked at the temperature being around 15 degrees Celsius or about 50, 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, very minimal bacterial growth up to 24 hours. So if you need to use that, sure, fine, no problem, go ahead. Now, on the other side of the break... I am going to talk about some odd questions that uh, are sort of related to everything I've said, but they're just a little bit of a twist. So don't go away. We will be right back, and I will finish up this uh, uh, show tonight, and hopefully you will have all the information that you need to know about containers and storage. I'll, I'll be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash good donor. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, uh, Marie Biancuso. 
I am here for Born to be Breastfed on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. And we've been talking about containers and storage recommendations for your milk. Uh, Before we go on, I would just like to say that for those of you who may be interested in professional education, I will be in Dallas giving my comprehensive course November 2nd to the 5th. Yes, there will be a radio show that night. I will have to pre-record it before I leave the greater Washington, D.C. area. But I will be in Dallas November 2nd through the 5th. The comprehensive course will also be in Orlando in January, San Diego in February, and Baltimore in April. I will also be giving a review course in several different places, uh, several different cities, and I also have an online review course as well. So if you are interested in professional education, those might be things that might be helpful for you. All right, so... Now I've just kind of pulled together some stuff that I've heard over the years. These questions usually start out with, is it okay if, or what if I have, whatever. Okay, the first one is about dripped milk. What do I do? Is it okay to give the baby milk that has dripped from one breast while I'm either pumping or feeding on the other side. Now, do you know what I mean? You, I'm, I'm relatively sure you've seen this happen in your own life, where you're pumping on the left or you're feeding on the left, and lo and behold, you, you're dripping milk on the right. Is it okay to give the baby that milk? Um, I think it really depends. I would maybe be a little more hesitant if the baby was a premature baby or had any issues. Why so? Well, it certainly could have some bacteria, but more importantly, that milk is usually rather low in fat. So I guess I would say that the best situation where you might use that. If you were trying to tide over a baby until he was, until you could really get home to him and give him a good feeding, that would be okay. But you don't want to be assuming that the baby is going to have this as, again, I say this word, sole source of nutrition. You're really looking at milk that is lower in fat. Again, you know that everything on my show and as said on my uh, website. This is information only. It's not advice. I can. I'm. I'm only authorized to give you information. You need to make the 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 choice yourself. But certainly, because of that low fat factor, I would be a little more concerned. Okay, here's the other one that I give. I get. Uh oh, our power failed. Our electricity went out. The freezer croaked. Whatever it was. Is it okay to give the baby the milk? Answer, uh, maybe. Are there still crystals in the milk? Do you know what I mean? If there are still crystally things and the milk is not completely thawed, then probably that would be okay. Uh, and certainly, by the way, I'd just like to remind you, what is better to do in an emergency situation? Give your baby formula or give your baby your milk? Most definitely give your baby the milk, your own milk. 
And again, if you can give it fresh, that's always best. Okay, here's another one that I get. The baby started to take it out of a bottle. I had it in the bottle, but he didn't take the whole bottle. And is it okay to put it back in the refrigerator and give it to him later, even though the baby's mouth has been on the nipple? This is a tough one. Uh, Certainly, some bacterial contamination uh, from the baby's mouth has occurred. We really don't have studies on this, and it does seem likely that the bacteria would reduce the time that the milk could be kept. Now, the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine specifically says that they recommend you discard the unfinished milk. And I'm thinking, if I was the mother, could I really dump the milk out? I, I, I don't know. But I do want you to be sure that you understand that this is the recommendation from the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. Do I need gloves to handle the milk or milk in the bottle? Uh, no. Uh, at least not here in the United States. The um, occupational safety uh, says no, that, that's not needed. So... Really, when we get all through with this whole thing, what we really find is that we've got a lot of unanswered questions. There's very weak scientific evidence for almost everything I've said tonight. That is, we've got a lot of studies that are older. Now, I'm thinking I own every single one of those studies. I've read every single one, probably more. most of them I've read more than once. Uh, The studies are older, they're small, they haven't necessarily been replicated. Uh, The existing studies vary in terms of really three things. First of all, what was the pre-storage technique? How was the milk collected? Did the mother have clean hands? All that stuff. Uh, What was the cleanliness and the type of the container? Next, what about the storage? How long was it stored? What was the temperature of the utility? Well, if you don't know that, then the study doesn't really tell you a whole lot. What was going on after the actual storage? What was the thawing method? And exactly what was the use, meaning for whom and under what circumstances? But certainly there is no agreed upon definition of unsafe milk. The quality after six months is completely unknown Uh, The standards are virtually non-existent for mother's own milk. These are really probably, even from the academy, more like guidelines. So then, I hope that this has been helpful. Uh, I know that we talked about a lot of stuff today, as usual. And honestly, I do not know where the time goes. It's always really, really a quick hour. I would like to invite you to come back next week. And if you're interested in books or media, I didn't mention any particular books or media on this show, but on previous shows, I've mentioned several of of books from people who have been our guests, that is, authors. So check out our Amazon store. How do you do that? Well, visit my website at borntobebreastfed.com. That's borntobebreastfed.com, and you'll see it. I'm happy to have anyone visit, certainly, but generally, if you're a parent or you want to visit me uh, at Born to be Breastfed for the books and media or my blog or whatever, check out my Facebook page as well. 
And you're welcome to leave me a question for me or any of my guests. If you are a professional and you're looking for continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, remember, I'm your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. My courses uh, are on uh, a list of my courses and uh, are on my blog. And there's much more on my professional site. The professional site is breastfeedingoutlook.com. Again, that's breastfeedingoutlook.com. I'm Marie Biancuso, and I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.